Vox Pro, powered by TELUS International. Customer experience is the new competitive battleground. And to compete at the highest level, you've got to have an edge. I'm Patrick Hawhey, presenter of the Vox Pro Studios podcast series. We're all about beautiful customer experience. And this podcast is all about giving you that edge. Welcome to Vox Pro Studios. Now, there was a time when customer support was kind of more about support than success. Like you sell the product or the service and the customer gets on it with it from there. If that customer has a problem, then they phone the company's support team. But then the clever companies started to realize that by investing more heavily in ways to proactively help customers get the most out of what they had purchased, rather than just helping them fix it when it broke, then those customers stayed longer, they spent more, and they referred the brand to more and more people. And that is why today the role of customer and client success is such a valued one. And to talk about what it involves and how to excel at it, I'm delighted to be joined by Desri Dulani, VP of Client Success uh, at International at Indeed. How are you, Desri? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me today. Good, good. Absolutely. Great to have you in. Um, So, look, before we get to your role and client success and what it involves, first of all, just explain a little bit in your own words about Indeed and sort of who your main customers and clients are. Sure. Um, So Indeed is um, a global company. We're the number one job search website. We take jobs from all different sources and consolidate them into a single site with one simple search for job seekers to be able to find their job as quickly as possible. We have over 250 million unique visitors per month, and we support clients in over 60 countries and 28 different languages. And your clients would be, what, like enterprise size, but also SMBs yeah, and SMEs? Yeah, both um, SMBs, um, enterprise, basically even the mom and pop shops down the shop, uh, down the street where they need one person to come in and cook a pizza tomorrow, like anybody. So you're looking after clients across 60 different countries, essentially, is what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, it's <laughs> you busy. personally, it is busy. <laughs> <laughs> and and as I mentioned in the intro, introduction, um, I suppose it's it, wh- where your focus is, it's about, um, you know, success, client success, as opposed to necessarily just support. So it's not when something is going wrong with the, the site or whether they feel they have a problem. It's actually ensuring in a proactive manner that your clients internationally are getting the best out of Indeed, know all the features and know how to sort of really make it work for them. Is that fair to say? That is very fair, especially on um our medium to enterprise clients. We we engage from the beginning at the time that they're having conversations with the sales reps to really understand what their goals are and what they're looking to achieve and then how we can best set them up for success to achieve those goals. So we're engaging from the beginning and then also proactively following up throughout the cycle with them. So it, and it, is it so is it the case you mentioned that you sort of working with them to find out what they what they need so it can't it can't just be assumed that some that everybody wants the same thing even though the site is very clear about what it does people need different jobs to be done correct correct and um i think the the best way to think about it is um the website is designed in a very self-serve manner which is fantastic but not all clients want that type of experience so and through us partnering with them to really understand their needs. We decide how we engage with them, what makes the most sense, and then really define their goals because some people will have different goals based on the role. And they may need to hire something within the next five days or it could be a longer term because it's a much more highly skilled technical role that they know will take longer. And for us, it's using the labor data that we have and um, making recommendations to that client on saying, you know what, maybe your goals aren't realistic. Let's reset them and make sure we're delivering the value that we can get you. That's very interesting. So you're kind of like a, um, a, 
maybe a trusted advisor in, in many ways as opposed to just fulfilling yeah. a role. Yeah, I would definitely describe it as a trusted advisor. Yeah. So how long have you been in the, the world of customer experience? I grew up in customer experience. My very first job was answering phones for a small telecom company in Dallas, Texas. So that's been my life. I've grown up in all aspects of it. And um, thankfully, I found Indeed two years ago and had the opportunity to move out to Dublin. Yeah. And so what, so that very first role, what, what were you doing? Were you, is that a, like a customer support role? Um, it was truly customer support. So setting up um, new business for clients that wanted home phone or customers that wanted home phone service all the way through like basic troubleshooting with them. Yeah. And so in, in that time, in the years between that, that first, first role and where you are today, um, I mentioned in the introduction that there's been a, a, quite a bit more of a, a focus on um, success and client success and customer success as opposed to just support. Have you seen that evolution in, in your time in, in the customer experience industry? Very much. Um, when I first started, even through probably the, like the last 10 years, it was really focused on how fast could you get that customer off the phone and answer their question? There wasn't a big focus on um, being proactive and reaching out to them before they even had issues. It was really wait till they called, solve their problem, and get them off as quickly as possible, cheapest, fastest way. Um, over the last few years, I've been so lucky to work for um, really large enterprise companies such as Indeed and others um, in different industries. And really, the shift has been about you know that clients have problems. Why, why give the why cause the we all know that customers have problems, and the more effort that we put in place for them to contact us, the less likely they're going to contact us. They're going to go find another um, provider that probably does something very similar because of the effort that we put in place. So the more we can remove that effort, um, the more likely they're going to stay with us and continue to use our service. And by the, the, that simply means don't let them figure out how to get in touch with us. Let's get in touch with them and make sure they're happy. Yeah. Proactively reach out, check in with them. Um, if we know there's a problem in the system, get the alerts to our specialist and then have them reach out before the client even knows there's a problem. That's one of the things that we do at Indeed. So tell me a little bit, bit more about that. How, what, what are these alerts and how do they work? Yeah, um, this is one thing that we've evolved over the last uh, year and a half. Um, we've implemented an internal tool that consolidates data from um, all different aspects of what our clients are using. So we have a multitude of products depending on um, that client. And uh, there's different triggers that may indicate that um, the performance is not healthy or maybe it's too healthy and spending too fast. Whatever the case is, um, we can surface those alerts to our specialist so that then they can make an outbound call or send an email and just get in touch. And so really we're taking away the need for that client to even identify that there's a problem or wait for a problem. We're actually engaging in advance. And at a very granular human level. Um, let's come, go back to your that first job where you were phoning people in a support situation or they were phoning you, let's say, in yeah. a support situation. And, you know, a lot of those calls in a support uh, capacity, uh, people aren't happy, obviously, because they think the thing is broken, even if it is or not. And they're just not ha they're having a negative experience. So it must be very refreshing to move into a role where you are probably pleasantly surprising people. I would say yes. I, th I think about this all the time, especially when I I read the feedback from our clients or hear the conversations that our specialists are having with clients. I think back to my days, no one ever called to say they were happy. It wasn't part of the reason they called. They called because they were unhappy with the service. And now we're, we've got relationships with these people. We know what's happening in their personal lives. We, we know if somebody is about to have a baby or if there was a death in the family. And so we're engaging on a human level because we're building relationships. And it really changes the dynamic because it's not just I call you when I have a problem. I actually call you because you're helping me solve my problems or 
helped me find my clients is actually the reality here. So um, because of that, it really changes the conversation. It changes the the environment. It changes how our specialists feel. They they actually enjoy supporting their clients because it's a positive conversation majority of the time, which is really refreshing. Yeah. And I, I'm, I don't want to expect you to speak of, you know, the, the deep operational elements to to how a company would operate. But it, would you say that um, adding an investment, investing in client and customer success is an entirely separate and additional investment to customer support or if you do the success bit right can you actually reduce your level of support because you're sort of supporting people in the success side yeah I I believe you can actually reduce the support aspect and I can tell you um, one of the stats that we have and we're very proud of is that um, when our clients do engage with our client success specialists especially on our enterprise side we find that um, they get their hire much faster and at a two two to three times lower cost than they would if they would have just used our website on their own and um, and tried to find their own problems. Like we we add so much value to the cycle and it's really, it's it's a cool it's That's a cool very interesting. To be proud of. Yeah. yeah. And I assume that there's different tiers, you know, in terms of kind of mapping out how you can actually offer this service in a, in a cost effective and, and uh, in a way that's actually achievable. Would you have different tiers in terms of, you know, at a very big, a very big enterprise client will get X amount of you know success engagement, whereas an SMB it may be that bit smaller. Yep, yeah, definitely it does vary based on um, the spend of the client, and um, it's there's no you don't have to pay extra for client success support, but there is a different model. So we have more of a shared model for our SMB clients. So um, because the des- the website is really designed for self service, and their needs are um, usually more self service, it's one to two jobs. And um, if they do have questions, it is more of a reactive type environment. Um, and we're moving to uh, test out different ways that we can be more proactive with those clients um, where, where we can support them. Um, as you move up the tiers, you, you get a dedicated client success specialist who engages from you, with you from the moment that you join Indeed all the way through until you've decided you've met all your hiring needs. So um, we do engage at different levels. And again, um, the size, the book of the business of that client success specialist will vary based on um, client spend. You mentioned that you every company gets a client success specialist dedicated to them. What makes a good client success specialist? What makes a really great one is somebody who is passionate, a problem solver, and adaptable because we're in a disruptive industry where we're constantly changing our product and engaging with our clients that and um, sometimes not everything works as it plans. You know, you're rolling out products, you don't get you don't get it perfect internally for your reps. So they're always creative problem solving. And I think for us if people are passionate and problem solvers like they will naturally fit in really well and our clients will feel that they're getting the support they need so it's very much about soft skills is that old story about soft skills soft Uh, skills are a real thing yeah Yeah. and obviously this is what indeed does you know you're 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 finding people with the right soft skills and obviously many times the right technical skills as well um to sort of flourish in in your client companies yeah i would agree yeah so if if I was um, something that we we cover quite a bit and we're very interested in in in, in Vox Pro Power by Telus International is this idea of um, I suppose if 
there are some CEOs, some C-level, C-level executives who may not understand the customer experience world so well. So people in your role maybe have to um, put together a case for investment and show them, look, if you invest more heavily in this space, in the space that, that I am tasked with looking after, um, you will see a return. What advice would you have for people so um, within a company who is maybe still more focused towards the support than success? What, how would you advise them um, to put if, if they were putting together a case to try and build up that investment in success? Yeah, I think there's a lot of value to it. And um, I think number one is there is a direct correlation to reducing customer attrition. So um, reducing churn for our clients. Um, so that's spin that's coming back in the money into the business. It's not direct um, sales revenue, but it is revenue that continues to generate. So I think it's, I wouldn't say easy, but it is a case that can be used to be justifying the need for this more proactive engagement. I would also say there is a direct correlation to MPS and having customer success. So um, we have seen that when people do engage with our client success specialists, there is a higher MPS, there is lower churn. And so those different elements, I think, can come into play. And it's just modeling it and reaching out to your peers in the network and understanding how they're calculating it, getting some best practices around it, I think is important. And I think the last value add is this is... um, so we have a voice of the customer program at Indeed that I'm also responsible for. And in this, like we can collect the feedback from our clients, our employees, our job seekers, which then influences our product. So the more we engage with our clients, not just in a support manner, and the more data that we have to justify that there's areas for product improvement, areas for self-service, areas for um, just driving more value for our clients. So that's a big, I think that's the number one value that I see when I think about what you can offer. Yeah, and I actually mentioned uh, the data that uh, Alan Moore from um, Wix uh, was very eloquent in terms of saying, yes, people in the role of, of uh, in a CX role, um, you know, they can have hunches and they can have a feeling about where the company should be going, but that doesn't always necessarily build a good case. So have your feeling, but back it up with the data. And, you know, having those sort of systems in place, like Wix Answers in Wix, for example, and, and what you guys have in place too, is so crucial. If you're not in a company, if you are one of, say, somebody in a, a more an SMB size company, um, and you don't have like the 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 the, the data systems like Wix, Wix Answers, for example, are there other ways you can collect that data and sort of be able to prove your point? Yeah, um, you could do it as easy as a manual, simple spreadsheet tracking. It's yeah. not the ideal world, but you could if you're really in an area where you can't invest and buy technology to do it or um, build it out in your CRM, like have your reps track it in a spreadsheet. Like it's really easy, list out some categories and just have them tick it across. Like it doesn't have to be complex to get the data back to product. And I think we often go the long way before we can start the basics. Indeed has a very, very sizable presence in Dublin. I know you're originally a company from based in Texas. Tell us about Indeed's presence in Dublin and I think maybe plans you have for expansion or recent expansion. Um, I'm really excited to be part of the Irish team here. Uh, We have over 1,100 people based out of this Dublin office, really focused on our um, our EMEA markets. And um, we just recently, I guess it's not recently anymore, back in April, we announced that we'll be adding 600 jobs here in Ireland over the next five years. So um, we're really invested in Ireland. It is our second largest office that we have to date. Um, and then we recently announced a big investment in the Irish Olympic team, um, and we'll be taking them 
joining them um, on our journey to Tokyo in 2020 for the Olympics. So oh, fantastic. we're very excited about that. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And then, so hiring 600 good people is tough, particularly in at, at the moment. It's something else we've been writing about at Voxpro is sort of the, the, the battle for talent, I suppose, is we're at, we're at nearly full employment across many countries in the Western world. So how do you sort of go about making people realize that Indeed is the place they want to be as opposed to maybe some other companies? Yeah, I would say... Um, Number one, it's not about salary. It's about the experience for us. And um, we, I think Indeed as a whole really focuses in, on the employee experience, number one. I think it's a people-first company. Um, and so we think about the different ways that we engage. Again, we give our reps the autonomy to be successful. Like it's not scripted in how we engage with our clients. So it's not a typical call center. It's not a typical um, B2B environment. So it's really about making sure they have the tools to be successful and then get, letting them decide how that success looks like for them as long as they're achieving their core metrics. I think the other piece is um, we have a lot of nice perks that we offer employees. So um, anywhere from free breakfast every day and Wednesday lunches and happy hours um, on a recurring basis. Those are all like key pieces to building a network and a family. And especially when you consider um, a good population of our team is not originally from Ireland. You know, they they move in from all different countries like most people do here in Ireland. And it helps them build a network, build a family and feel like they're part of a community instead of just coming to work and leaving at the end day. Yeah, and I, I would imagine that having that diversity of, of, of background and origin on a team actually sort of helps it perform quite well it it does and i i believe we have we've all seen the studies about how diversity um, helps with innovation and growth at a company so i definitely i see it every day and just even the feedback that i get from all levels within my team it's it's really amazing yeah well best of luck with the expansion that's very exciting um one of my final questions i want to ask you so you you obviously have a very very deep appreciation for what Client, client success and customer success is and looks like and should be. Um, have you? Uh, exp- uh, is there one company you could name where you have experienced that level of success that you would expect um, yourself? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I was. I've been thinking about this. I, you know, it's always hard to think of the positive stories when you think about your engagement with companies. Um, you know, I, I have the typical American customer experiences that I can think of. Um, but this one is actually really simple, and it's not even about calling into a support center, but Tesco delivery here in Ireland, best service ever. Like, the website's <laughs> easy to use. Um, I don't have to call to place my order. And then when they do arrive, like, their service is amazing. It's so efficient. They're accommodating. You know, they work within your schedule. And that, for me, like, again, it takes the effort out of the experience, and you can tell they truly enjoy their jobs as well. And for me, those are just key points. Are the people happy? Do they love what they do? And have they made it simple for me as a customer? And that comes across. It totally does. Yeah, yeah. very good. Yeah. And that's like, obviously, you've mentioned that that effortless piece a couple of times now. That's obviously something that you see is very important. And I would imagine that you try to offer your um, clients and customers as well. How do, you, how do you do that? Is that simply a sort of, you know, a user experience based on the website? Or, or is it obviously also how you engage them proactively? I believe it's a combination because, yeah. um, again, each customer is going to want a different experience. And so making sure that where we can offer self-service, people can self-serve if they choose to. And then if they don't want self-service, that we're providing more of the um, guided um, experience for those clients and engaging with them in the way that they want. Not every customer wants us to call them every week and check in on them. Some may want to be more less frequent or Maybe not at all, but we do have to keep that in mind and how we're engaging with them. But it's really about taking that moment to understand their needs, understanding what they're trying to 
um, achieve with their goals and objectives and then designing our experience around it. So finally, you mentioned that you have been involved in customer experience from the very start and based on your, your level of joy when speaking about it, I guess you were going to continue from some time staying in the, in the world of customer experience. Do you think the key to doing it right is always being open and watching how customer expectations are changing and how customer behavior and how their lives are changing and adapting to that? I 100% I agree with that. And I think a lot of that is just listening to your customers and using that information to influence your decisions. And um, again, it comes through your survey feedback. It comes through your MPS commentary. It, it, it comes through just the conversation that your team is having with your clients and even their feedback too, because they're, they're the ones hearing it all. So just making sure that we're listening and then evolving and then thinking about our own experiences and what you're observing out there. Like we're, we're all customers in some form, so we should use that to influence our decisions, I think. Very eloquently put, Desiree Delaney, Vice President of Client Success of International and Indeed. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Vox Pro, powered by Telus International. And for more insights from the masters of customer experience, you can subscribe to the Vox Pro Studios podcast channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to check out voxbrokegroup.com for all of our latest articles, ebooks, and CX thought leadership. For now, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Vox Pro Studios, where insights live.